This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome back, Secret Squad. I'm Robin McGraw, and this is a brand new episode of I've Got a Secret. Candace Nelson is a cereal founder. She is the founder of the world's first cupcake bakery, Sprinkles, the founder of Pizana Pizzeria, and the founder of CN2 Ventures. On top of all of this, she is also a producer, podcast host, and best-selling author. Her upcoming book, Sweet Success, a simple recipe to turn your passion into profit, lays out her best secrets for founders, from brainstorming to marketing, to help make big ideas the next big thing. So it's only fitting that Candace is a part of my series, The Secret to Turning Your Dreams into a Reality. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Robin. I'm delighted to be here in your beautiful office. It's so inspiring. I'm so excited to be here. And you are so sweet to have the sprinkles right here on the table uh, waiting to welcome me. Well... Listen, no, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> because I want I want all of you out there listening to know that we do have Sprinkles Cupcakes here, and they are signature Sprinkles Cupcakes. They've got the I've Got a Secret logo on them, and you can have that too. So just know that you can go to Sprinkles and you can get a signature cupcake all on your own just for you, because I was so excited to get those. Oh, they're so cute. They I look great. Them. So go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com and you can see a photo of them. They're just adorable. And I, it was hard for all of us ladies here to not eat one, but we had to save <laughs> them for you. So, okay, I want to start this podcast with a direct quote from your upcoming book, because I hope you don't mind, but I'm totally quoting you on this because I love this. I love this quote. So here goes. There is literally no good reason why anyone would want to go out and build something that didn't exist before, only to risk money, reputation, and a whole lot of sleep to execute something that everyone thinks is a terrible idea. So how and why do you do it? Because you have a dream you just can't shake until it becomes a reality. And you realize that no one is going to make that happen except you. (gasps) I see. I have chills, and I knew I would every time I read that. Thank you so much. It is true. I mean, there have been plenty of times I thought, what have I gotten myself into? But I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't have it any other way. I think, you know, for me, my journey started when I reinvented the cupcake. Uh And I looked around at cupcakes that were in the supermarket, And they were just so basic. They were generic. They were like a commodity. Uh And I thought, here's something that we all love in this country. I mean, we all grew up with it. We have these nostalgic feelings for these cupcakes because we, you know, celebrated with them at kids' birthday parties. But they're not very easy to love anymore. They were, you know, packaged in plastic clamshells. They were, you know made with frosting that was made mostly with shortening. They were decorated with cupcake picks. And I thought, huh, cupcake really needs a makeover. 
and I looked around and I guess I was the one to do it. I love it. <laughs> because you know, you're right. There really isn't a special cupcake out there. Mm-hmm. And from minute one, the moment Sprinkles was available, they've been a hit. It really was a hit. And it's it's crazy to think about because now we consider cupcakes to be, you know, special occasion fare. But back in the day, they really were just sort of like lunchbox fare. They were just made for kids and they weren't anything special. So everyone thought what I was doing was going to be a terrible idea. Not only had, you know, a cupcakes only bakery never been done before, but it was also the height of the low carb craze. Uh And here I was, I had actually come from, you know, a career path in investment banking. Then I went on to work at a technology company. Everyone thought I was going to go to business school. That was sort of the next logical step. I decided in the wake of 9-11, when I was sort of reflecting on what it was I really wanted with my life, to go to pastry school instead, and then came up with this idea for sprinkles, and everyone said, that will never work. No. (laughs) Oh, I can't believe that. So when you say everyone, Mm -hmm. everyone around you like even in your family? Well, my family has always encouraged me and supported Uh my dreams, of Mm -hmm. course. So they weren't that vocal until later when they actually felt free to share what had been on their minds. So people said, oh, that's an interesting idea. You're leaving your lucrative job to go bet it all on cupcakes at the height of a low carb craze. We'll see how that works for you. But I have to say, people were actually more supportive of me than they were uh-huh. of my husband, who was my partner in Sprinkles, because he had an MBA and he was working in banking. And, you know, these like machismo banker guys, oh. they could not wrap their head around the fact that he was leaving finance to go work in a cupcake shop. Oh, my gosh. So I give him a lot of credit that yeah. he knew, you know, he didn't care what they thought. And you know what? At the end of the day, neither did I. Oh, my gosh. Well, I love that you had a mission to reinvent the basic cupcake. What were your original goals for this? Hmm. Well, I really wanted to reinvent the cupcake, but that was from the inside out. So it started with the ingredients that we were using. Uh You know, I didn't want to make frosting that was made with shortening. I didn't want to put waxy, garishly colored sprinkles on top of my cupcakes. I wanted artisanal cupcakes made with the world's best vanilla, made with the world's best chocolate. I wanted to bake fresh all day long, every single day, and only bake for people to enjoy them that day. And this was all very new. This was very disruptive. You know, people weren't baking fresh all day long. They were maybe staffing a baker to come in in the morning and bake what they thought they needed for the rest of the day. But when we opened Sprinkles, we staffed, you know, we staffed shifts of bakers throughout the day so that those cupcakes were as fresh as they could possibly be. And then the reinvention also had to be, also had to encompass the aesthetic of the cupcake. Uh So we were frosting those cupcakes with offset spatulas, you know, hand frosting them. So they were truly artisanal and handcrafted. And then also I had to reinvent the traditional sprinkle itself. Yeah. So instead of doing these sort of you know, kitschy, like grandma's kitchen style decorations, I went really modern and graphic. Yes. And so we've become synonymous with, Sprinkles cupcakes have become synonymous with that modern dot graphic decoration. Yes. 
And so that, of course, then had to extend to the environment as well. If we were going to be reinventing something that people already knew, we also had to make the whole experience very surprising. So when we when we thought about the the bakery itself, we thought about it more of, of like a Rodeo Drive boutique, uh-huh. an upscale luxury boutique, more so than an actual bakery. Yes. And so all of those things came together to reinvent the cupcake, reinvent how people looked at a cupcake, and sort of made them stand up and take notice and start talking about it. That is so brilliant. I mean, you you thought of every aspect of the cupcake. From the inside out. You sure did. And I have to, of course, we have a tray of them right here in front of us. And what I love about these cupcakes and have since day one is the frosting. Now that's <laughs> my weakness is the frosting. I love the cake itself. Of course, I love the cake. I can tell that you paid a lot of attention to the cake itself. It's not that just quick turnout that you would get in a grocery store bakery or just a a regular bakery, like you said, and you just answered my question that I've always wondered, why are these so fresh? Because in pretty much any bakery, especially in a grocery store, they show up at three in the morning, four in the morning, and they make everything they're going to sell that day Mm -hmm. in those first few hours, Mm -hmm. then they're done. Mm -hmm. And they have that spongy feel or they have that, well, they've sat there all day. You could just (laughs) tell. And the frosting, because that is my favorite part. I don't like a cupcake that when you finally get home with it, the frosting is stuck to the top of the box or it has slid off the cupcake into the box because it has sat there all day. That's right. gotten soft and gooey. And I love your cupcakes. Thank I'm just going to tell you. you. I'm in love with the cupcakes. I really, really appreciate it. That means so much to me. And also the hand frosting with the offset spatula with that technique, you're able to sort of control the proportion of frosting to yeah. cake over the entire top of the cupcake versus, you know, using a piping bag, yes. which is that sort of old school aesthetic, all of the frosting gets piped into the middle of the cupcake. Oh. So everybody wants that same frosting to cake ratio throughout. Yes. So there's lots of benefits to oh. the offset uh, spatula technique now, that we describe use. Describe that spatula to all of us. Oh, it's an offset spatula. So whereas, you know, what we do is very sort of labor intensive. A mm-hmm. lot of bakeries, they use that piping bag and they uh-huh. just sort of a production line. They just yes. squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. It's yes. much faster than <laughs> frosting with an offset spatula by hand, but it was really important to us to keep that same frosting to cake ratio and also have that look of a handcrafted artisanal cupcake. It really does. It really does. And then I love your your dot sprinkles. Love it. So yet the modern dot, you know, it started as just a really playful, fun, modern decoration. And in the beginning days, we, you know, we're punching out all these decorations in all these different colors and putting them on all the cupcakes, regardless of flavor. And then our customers would get home with their box of cupcakes, their dozen box, and they'd open it up and they'd say, well, I don't know which one is which. So they'd call us and we'd have to say, well, if you see a little uh, yellow fleck, that might be a lemon cupcake, but the other, and we're trying to sort of painstakingly take them through their box. And we realized these modern dots have to indicate what the flavor is. So yes. then we assigned a modern dot to each flavor. Oh, I love it. Kind of like a box of chocolates, yeah. how you can look at the swirl on top and you can see what you're about to, to bite into. So that was a little bit of a process. But then we uh-huh. ultimately ended up trademarking the modern dot, which uh-huh. was very important to protecting sort of the look and feel of our business. 
Oh, I just love that. They would actually call back and ask you what's the flavor of my cupcake. Because I'm one of those, I just want to bite into it and just take just take whatever I bite into. Exactly. That's we, so cute. We were such a disaster in the beginning, Robin. Oh. I, I don't know if you came in in the early days, Beverly Hills store. Yes, But I we did. did not know what had hit us. I mean, oh, it was so like cute. drinking out of a fire hose from day one. Yes. All these customers lined up. I could not bake those cupcakes fast enough. And I just spent all day long saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so oh, sorry. Cute. That's so fun. Yeah, I'm one of those that I don't care what I'm getting. But I'm the one that bought them, so I know I'm not going to buy something I don't like. So I just didn't care what I was getting. There you go. I love it. How long did you work on your first cupcake recipe? Oh, this was so much fun. So early on when I came up with the idea for a cupcakes-only bakery, I knew that I had to really perfect the product. I knew nobody was going to pay attention to another average cupcake. And so I had to be... I really had to handcraft an exceptional cupcake. And so that took time. Uh-huh. And my husband, Charles, and I would sit around the dining room table. I would bake batch after batch after <gasps> batch of one flavor of cupcake. So let's say vanilla cupcake was uh-huh. the first one I created. And we'd sit around the dining room table with our little notes like we were wine sommeliers. And we'd yes. taste these cupcakes and we'd make notes and I'd tweak and I'd tweak and we'd sit again and we'd taste cupcakes until they were just perfect. Love it. Until Love they it. were perfect. So yeah, we had to we had to get a gym membership too. Uh, yeah, after so. a while. I bet, so. I bet so. You sound a lot like my daughter-in-law, Erica. She and her sister, she's a triplet. And they love baking. They're oh. so good at it. They love baking cookies. And I, it's, it's always been so adorable to me to see them. They have to have just the right kind of vanilla. Mm. And so we would go to, on vacation, like in Cabo, Oh, and they'd have to run into town and buy a certain vanilla that they'd sell in, in Cabo. Because oh, yeah, the Mexican vanilla is really Mexican nice. vanilla, because yes. it made such a difference in their cookies, but their cookies are, like, amazing. But uh, And they, yeah, they all three had little girls first, oh. and all the little girls love, my my granddaughter and, and her their cousin, her cousins, love to bake cookies. So I love that tradition to the family, but I know I what love- I know what you mean by saying... Certain ingredients make such a difference. And so you just perfected it until you got it right. Absolutely. And I love that your family is spending time in the kitchen baking because that's how I found baking too. It was 100% as a little girl baking with my mom. I actually was living overseas at the time. I was living in Southeast Asia. So I was really, really far away from home. Uh And I missed my homeland. I missed America. I missed the treats that I used to love there. Mm And so the only way for me to get them when I was living in Indonesia was to bake them myself. So Uh my mom and I would just cook out of her Joy of Cooking cookbook. Yes. And, you know, I'd make the sheet cakes and Rice Krispie treats and all those classic American desserts. Love it. That's where I initially found my passion for baking. Oh, my gosh. I just love this story. And I love (laughs) that your husband quit his job and the two of you sat there until you got it really, truly perfect. Why was Beverly Hills your perfect first location? Well, we were creating an upscale cupcake. So what better zip code to open in than 90210, right? It is a zip code that is known around the world for being upscale, luxury, um, aspirational. And one of the things that Charles and I noticed, because 
we originally, I originally went to pastry school in San Francisco, but we moved down to LA to open Sprinkles. And so we were kind of new to Los Angeles and we were seeing things through different eyes. Uh Um, Whereas people would say to us, you know, no one in LA eats a carb. We were kind of driving around (laughs) and and noticing a lot of burger shops and a lot of donut shops. So we kind of had a different view of things, you know, that something that a different view besides what everybody just stereotypically says is Los Angeles. Yes. One of the other things we noticed is when we were driving around Rodeo Drive, there were so many people walking around window shopping, but not a lot of people able to buy in those designer boutiques. So everybody wanted to experience that sort of like Rodeo Drive culture, but they couldn't necessarily afford a piece of it. And so that was one of the reasons we wanted to open. We wanted to sort of show that anyone could indulge in the Beverly Hills lifestyle with a $3 cupcake. That is brilliant. Yeah, I love your store in Beverly Hills. I love it. I love it. We also have a home in Dallas. Yes! And I love the location in Dallas. Oh, thank you so much. Dallas was our third store. We went Beverly Hills and Newport Beach and then to Dallas because we wanted to test that we had you know, legs for our business, basically. We wanted to test it outside of the Southern California market Uh so that people would stop saying, oh, you're just a trend. It's just a Southern California thing. We said, no, we think that this is a national brand. We think that, uh, we think other people are going to like it across the country too. So we went to Dallas. Oh yes. Today, Sprinkles has 40 locations nationwide. Mm -hmm. 40. I would like, I get chills right now. Just say that. Does it still give, (laughs) my question is, does it still give you chills? Because I got (laughs) chills saying that. 40 locations. It really does. It's amazing for me to reflect on the journey that I've had. And just on the left turn I took, you know, going to pastry school instead of business school, betting big on an idea that everyone said would never work and just what came of it. It's really still exciting. And and that was why I wrote this book, Sweet Success, was to encourage other people mm-hmm. to follow their dreams too. I love it. Because I don't think that we see a true represent, representation of entrepreneurship in the media. It's really mm-hmm. all about these tech savants that are like building rocket ships to space. It's very intimidating. Yes. And I built a big business out of something that anyone could do, a simple cupcake. So I love it. I want to inspire other women to go after their dreams as well. Build businesses, go after big, meaty goals, all of that. Well, you know, just on that note, after we moved here and uh, I wrote my second book, Mm. uh, What's Age Got to Do With It? Mm. I remember saying, you know, on the cover of my book, I want to be sitting on a number 55. The title of the book is What's Age Got to Do With It? So I just want to say, what's hormones got to do with mm. it, what's hair got to do with mm. it, what's skincare got to do with it, because I want to embrace my age of 55, and I want to talk about what's important to women. Mm-hmm. And I remember my editor and everyone said, oh, no, 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 you, <laughs> you've moved to L.A., you've moved to Los Angeles, you live in Beverly Hills, you cannot put your age on the cover of the book. My gosh, people don't talk about their age in Beverly Hills. People don't do that. And I said, well... I can do that. I want to do that. That's how important it is to me. We don't have to go with every trend. We don't have to do everything. I'm from Texas. I think I want to. I want to be sitting on the number fifty-five, and I, I, I did it. Yes. I'm so proud of you for doing that, and I think that's such an amazing example of, of knowing who you are yes. and being that person in spite of what everyone else is saying around you. People are hungry for that authenticity. Yes. yes. They want that. They want that connection, and that that was you saying like. No, I, I'm 
not afraid to share who I am. I'm here to spread some honesty. I'm writing this with a 55-year-old heart and the history of a a 55-year-old. So I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to be true to who I am and what I feel. And that's exactly what you did. That's exactly what you did. It really was being authentic to who I was, to the passion I felt, and seeing a vision for the world that maybe not everyone agreed with, but that I felt so strongly about that I had to pursue it. Oh, I love that. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. In two days, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming March 14th, only on Disney+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. I think right now it's time for us to do the first thing that I do with every podcast. When I started the podcast, I said, there are two things I really, really want to do. And the first thing is a drink of the day. So when we do our drink of the day with every podcast, we create a drink that focuses on our guest and our topic. So we've created a drink called Liquid Sprinkles. So today we're going to do a dessert cocktail inspired by your salty caramel flavor. On this drink, you use two ounces of vanilla vodka, two ounces of salted caramel Baileys, one pinch of salt, and for garnish, sprinkles salty caramel cupcake. Add the ingredients into a glass with ice and stir until frosty. Strain your mixture into a fresh glass and enjoy. I topped mine with whipped cream and the sprinkles dot. So cute. So cheers. Oh my goodness. Cheers. Okay, this is officially the most fun podcast I've ever been on my <laughs> own special drink. Cheers, yes. Robin. How cheers. fun. Cheers to you and to Sprinkles mm. Cupcakes. How cute is this? Oh, it's so cute and it's so okay. good. So, cheers. Oh my gosh. This truly is <laughs> a delicious dessert drink. Sweet and salty and creamy and oh my gosh, it's yes. got it packs a punch. It packs a punch. So for all you Secret Squad listeners out there, please go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com, and you can see this drink. It is so adorable. The first thing you'll notice on the top is the sprinkles dot dessert cocktail I've ever had. You'll get the recipe. You'll get a photo of it, and you'll see everything that you need to enjoy this dessert cocktail in honor of our guest and sprinkles. 
Thank you. I am so honored. I am truly surprised and blown away and I love it. It's delicious. So yes, I will be making this at home. Okay. So let's dive into this amazing new book of yours. You start with talking about the mindset of a founder. What are some of these tools that have helped you grow your empire? Mm. Dying to hear those. Gosh. Mindset is foundational to an entrepreneur's journey, to really any journey where you are going after a goal and you're trying to do big things in the world. And there's so much to talk about, but I think the most important thing for me initially was to get over the fear of failure. I was doing something super risky. I was leaving my corporate job. I was, you know, creating something that didn't exist in the world. And I knew that there was a chance that I could fall flat on my face. And I had to come to terms with the fact that if that happened, I was still going to be okay. Yes. I was going to be fine. I could rebuild. I could get a job. But I knew one thing was for sure is that if I didn't do it, I would never forgive myself. So I had to get over that fear of failure. And I think that our society does a not so good job of that. We all just run from failure. Mm -hmm. It it feels terrible. We don't want anyone to know about it. We hide our failures under the rug. We, of course, embrace success. But sometimes success comes after a whole string of failures. That's so true. And we need to celebrate the people who are resilient enough to, like, get back up and keep going after their dreams. So fear of failure is, is definitely paramount. And I think also just fear, and I spoke to this earlier, of what other people would think of me. Yes. Really had to just stand on my own two feet and say, I'm doing this for me. I feel really strongly about it. And I love all of you, but what you want for me isn't what I want for me. And that's okay, right? Um, and then I think just learning to think like an entrepreneur uh-huh. is really about looking for problems that you can solve in the world and also leaning into frustrations. So the cupcake ATM is a great example of that. I was pregnant uh, with my second son and my husband and I had just come back from a party. It was late at night and I was having such a crazy pregnancy craving for (gasps) a cupcake. Oh, I love it. And I couldn't get a cupcake. There wasn't one in the house. Sprinkles was closed. And I had this moment where I was like, oh, I own a cupcake shop and even I can't get a cupcake, you know, at this time of night. And so instead of, you know, just going to sleep and figuring I'd have a cupcake tomorrow, I started leaning into that frustration and thinking about how I could possibly solve that. What would it look like if you could get a cupcake at midnight Uh or two in the morning? Like, how could you even do that? And so my husband and I started brainstorming ideas And we thought, well, gosh, we pay rent 24 hours a day. Why wouldn't we want to monetize 24 hours a day? And from that brainstorm and that frustration came the idea for the Cupcake ATM. I love it. I love it because that's what I love about Dallas. (laughs) There is a Cupcake ATM in in the Dallas Sprinkles store. That's right. So it doesn't matter when you get that craving. We got you covered. I love it. (laughs) And it's so adorable. And I remember driving by it the first time thinking, that is the cutest thing I've ever seen. I wonder if that's real. So I made Philip pull over and try the cupcake ATM, and sure enough, we drove off with a cupcake. Oh, my gosh. I love that that made you stop. Yes. It made you try it. Yes. Well, Sprinkles has always been about surprising and delighting people. So that really sort of was right in line with our mission. 
And I have to tell you, there were days where there was a line at the cupcake ATM where there wasn't a line at the store. It wasn't about just getting a cupcake. It was about experiencing getting a cupcake from that machine. Yes, it is. It's a brilliant idea. Thank you. It was brilliant because the, the store was closed. Store was closed. So, so, and that's what entrepreneurs do. They, they are basically problem solvers who are just trying to make some money solving a problem. Yes. Right. Yes. And, (gasps) and so anyone can do that. So I say, be, you know, open your eyes, lean into your frustrations, look for problems that you are uniquely suited to solve in the world. Oh, that is so brilliant. That's such a unique way to look at it because I was going to ask you to expand on the concept in your book that entrepreneurs are people too. Mm. And that's what you mean. That's exactly right. I just think, you know, we see, you know, entrepreneurs that are glamorized in the media, they're on docu-series, they're, you know, in newspapers, and it's all about building rocket ships to the moon. But really, anyone can be an entrepreneur who's looking to solve a problem and make some money doing it. (gasps) This is so fun. You talk (laughs) about building a brand, not just a product. Mm. How do you differentiate the two? And can you tell us how you came up with the fun world of sprinkles? Oh, yes. So a product is really what your customers consume, what you put out into the world for them to actually consume. The brand is how your product lives in the hearts and minds of your customers. So whereas Sprinkles, at Sprinkles, we were selling cupcakes, but we were really, our brand stood for injecting, you know, moments of delight and joy into everyday moments. So brand is a really important differentiator because we live in this Amazon world where everything is a commodity Uh and you can buy anything you want at the press of a button for, you know, as cheaply as possible. Uh So how do you bring something special into the world? I really think it comes down to brand. Uh And brand is about your larger reason for being, your larger why. You know, we wanted to be there when... Someone was having a bad day so they could come in and have a cupcake and we make them feel better. We wanted them to come in when they had just, you know, gotten engaged so we can make that moment even more special. So really about, you know, injecting joy, delight, elevating those simple everyday moments is what we were about. And that was our brand. And it really resonated with our customers. Yes. Helped them remain loyal to us. Oh, I love that. I love that because it's a very consistent brand. Mm -hmm. There's a consistency to your brand that Mm -hmm. I think is so important. So true. I think you have to show up consistently for your customers because that's how they learn to trust you. And that's how they know they can count on you for their most intimate and important occasions, like getting married, like a baby shower. So how did you market your business early on? So Sprinkles was bootstrapped, which means that Charles and I just pooled whatever resources we had at that point in our career and made it happen ourselves. There was no, there were no other investors. We actually were pretty sure no professional investors would even give us, you know, would consider investing in a concept like this. So Sprinkles was bootstrapped. Charles and I, you know, we funded the entire business ourselves. And so there was no money for marketing in those early days. But what what I did have was I had already a built-in organic customer base. I had been working out of my West Hollywood apartment before we opened the doors to our first store. I wanted to test my idea on a small scale, which I recommend everyone does before Uh they go all in. And I was already had like a pretty decent business. 
of customers who were buying my cupcakes for their parties and things like that. So I already had a little bit of buzz built in. So on opening day, I had that, but we also had an email newsletter that was going out called Daily Candy, who had found out about us. I don't know how. They're just good at their job. And Daily Candy was this really well-followed newsletter that talked about what was hot and happening in LA that day. So on opening day, that email went out. And let me tell you what, the power of Daily Candy, the power of email marketing, we had (gasps) a line from the moment we opened. Oh my gosh. Which was so exciting, but also so scary because I had planned what I thought would be enough to get us through that first day. I figured people would come in and buy one or two cupcakes at a time. They were coming in to buy two or three dozen at a time. Oh! So within a few hours, our cupcake case was totally bare and our happy customers were turning into an angry mob. Oh no! (laughs) Still lined up down the sidewalk. Still lined up. And you know, what's amazing is I don't recommend anyone doing this, but what ended up happening was people did end up giving us a second chance. Even though they were angry, they had driven across town, they had found parking, they had shown up, you know, to the new hot cupcake bakery in town and we had nothing for them. They were mad, but I think because they saw us, my husband and I working so hard and just genuinely trying to do the right thing, they gave us a second chance. And the other thing that happened, which is so unusual, but maybe has to do with LA and the fact that scarcity sometimes fuels demand, Uh it ended up really driving buzz even more because not only were people talking about the new cupcake place in town, but they were talking about the cupcake place that was constantly sold out. Yes. Yes. That really got people curious. Oh, they must be that great. (laughs) That great. And they stand by their fresh. (laughs) They're fresh. So it's honesty. We make them fresh. And you better be first in line. That's right. And so we didn't have to spend any money on marketing because our customers were doing our marketing for us. They were really fueling this. They loved the product. You know, people were scratching their heads at our concept and how we were charging $3 for a cupcake and we couldn't even keep them on the shelf. And so it wasn't until years later that we started to hire some PR and all that. But also our organic word of mouth happened to involve some very bold-faced names as well early oh. on, like Katie Holmes and Oprah Winfrey. Yes, yes. So that was, you know, the power of, of that viral marketing. Because I do know Katie Holmes loves <laughs> cupcakes, loves sprinkles cupcakes. Yes. That's so wonderful. It was, so was Oprah. That's right. Oh, that's so wonderful. There's a chapter where you go over knowing your worth and pricing Mm. yourself appropriately. Mm -hmm. Can you give some advice to the listeners who often undervalue themselves? Absolutely. I think as women, we are conditioned to not talk about money, not, you know, be ambitious, not ask for what we're worth. And I really challenge people to rethink that because it's not about the price tag. It's about the value that you're giving to your customer. Uh And, but let me tell you what, I can preach about it now, but it was really hard for me at the time. Uh I, I was such a people pleaser. Uh I wanted people to just have my cupcakes and I have to give my husband credit. You know, men aren't conditioned in the same way. And he was (laughs) like, nope. We're selling a premier cupcake. We're going to charge a premier price. I love it. And I said, okay. And so I would just stand behind that counter all day long 
And in the beginning, that's all anyone asked me. Why are these cupcakes $3? Because they could get cupcakes at Ralph's for 75 cents. And the first thing is you have to believe it. And Uh in my heart of hearts, I believe that what I was putting out into the world was different. It really was. It was something exceptional. It was different. And so I would... I would educate my customers on the difference. And for most people, it worked. And for a few, it didn't. And at that point, I would just say, just taste one and let me know what you think. And you know what's interesting is once we opened, there seemed to be an explosion of cupcake bakeries around the country. And everybody just started charging the same price as us. So it just normalized the pricing in the industry. And I I wouldn't say that everyone was necessarily putting in the same quality. But, you know, there's just something to that. And I think also Howard Schultz had kind of, he'd sort of primed everyone just in terms of paying more for something that you're not used to paying that much for. I mean, Uh look at what he did with Starbucks coffee. Everyone was Uh used to either brewing their Folgers or getting it at the gas station. And he said, no, no, this is a different experience. Uh I'm putting something quality into the world. And I thought, listen, if people are going to pay $3.50 for coffee, Look at all of the labor and the craftsmanship that goes into this freshly baked good. Yes. They must be okay with buying a cupcake for $3. Yes. I have to say I agree with Mm -hmm. you. I never really thought they were overpriced. I'm sorry. I never did. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you you understand quality, obviously. Yes. Yes. I just... I thought it was worth waiting in line, and Aww. they're just delicious. They're so sweet. Thank you so much. That just, you know, my mother made everything from scratch when I was growing up. She loved baking, mm-hmm. and that's how I snagged Philip. She baked him a chocolate cream <laughs> pie that I could tell him I made. <laughs> that is so good. I mean, I'm, I'm telling the truth. I've told the story many times. I won't go into it, but she loved baking. Oh. It was she just made everything with such love, mm. and and uh, so I just like I know something that's been baked with love and that is truly upper level baking. So I know a well-baked good one. I taste it. (laughs) When you built Sprinkles and it had so much success and changed the landscape of bakeries, when did you know it was time to move to your next big idea? Uh, Well, my husband and I scaled Sprinkles to 10 locations And not 10 locations within LA, every single location we were getting up, we were moving to a new place, we were hiring, we were training, we were making sure everything was just right uh, before we went back home. So it was a lot of being on the road. And it was very physical, hard work, you know, growing a national brick and mortar business. So, but things were going great. And I think that the hardest thing is when you, the best time to really step away from your business or to sell a significant stake, which is what we did, is when things are going really great. Uh And so I was like, wait, no, I don't want to let go of my business. But by the same token, I knew I had to because my little boys were growing up and I had been able to take them. They were portable when they were really little and Uh I could take them on the road. But as they got older and they were starting to go to school and have activities, that was becoming more of a hardship. Uh-huh. That and also the fact that running and operating a national chain is a different skill set than what I think I'm best at. Mm-hmm. I really love, you know, the ideation, the the, con- the conceiving of the brand and the building of the brand and the marketing. But when it comes down to just like operating, logistics, all of that, 
that was something that I think someone else was better suited for. So it was really hard for me to step away operationally from sprinkles, but it was the right thing to do for my family. Uh And I think it was the right thing to do for the business just because it had sort of outgrown my skill set. And I wanted to start something new. Well, good for you. Thank you. That's something you have to really know how to recognize and then have the ability Mm -hmm. to do it. And I, I, it was hard. I bet it was. It was hard. It was, uh, my identity was so wrapped up in that business and it takes a while to unwind from that. Yes. I knew it was going to be hard, but I actually wasn't even prepared for how hard it was. Oh. Yeah. And, and how um, old were your boys when you made so that decision? So they were just, you know, early, ch- so preschool aged oh, and sure. kind of going into grade school, but it was, it was worth it. I mean, I was picking up and dropping off at school and I was doing all the things and I was doing all the school, you know, charity events and volunteering, all the stuff that I hadn't had a chance to do. I just really, really dove into that for a few years and and just felt good about that. Women are powerful. Mm -hmm. That's what I can say. Yes. (laughs) Women are powerful. They can do it all, I think. Now that you have your own venture firm, Mm -hmm. CN2 Ventures, Mm -hmm. what types of businesses impress you when investing? Ooh, well, I love a female founded business. Love that. For sure. And I love um, a business that understands brand. I uh-huh. really believe in brand. I believe I brand in the consumer world is one of the number one differentiators. Mm-hmm. And I also obviously um, really like any business that is focused on, you know, solving a problem that is a really acute problem and also in a growing market, uh-huh. right? So these are the things I look for. But, you know, I think. Because I am typically investing at really early stage, it's not as much about the numbers as it is about the founder, the idea, and a gut feeling. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that you said gut feeling. Mm-hmm. I, I so believe in that. Mm-hmm. I so believe in that. I love that. And what personality traits do you look for in your founders? Ooh, they have got to have grit, a little bit of industry experience, expertise, even though I didn't have any, I think that's always helpful. I kind of, in retrospect, probably should have worked at a bakery, (laughs) would have had less production issues at the beginning. But yeah, I think it's all about that ability to see, be a visionary, see Uh things for the future that other people can't see quite yet. And be able to deliver that message, right? Yes. You have to be someone who can tell a story and get people behind you, whether it's the people that you're hiring or the people that you're selling your product to. Yes. They have to believe you and want to come along for the ride. Oh. And then just that grit, that persistence, because entrepreneurship is, it's been so fulfilling. I love it, but it is, it's challenging. Yeah. And that is just, you got to know there's going to be some bumps along the way. So, I want to know as an investor that those aren't going to just throw you off your path indefinitely, that you're going to get right back up and go for it. I love it. I love it. I think the ladies here in my office will tell you that we've been in the process, right in the middle of the process of planning a, uh, my son's birthday party, helping my daughter-in-law plan his birthday party. And I love details and I love planning and I love doing uh. things like that. And, and I'll, we'll be doing it and I'll come up with an idea. Oh, do you think we have time for that? I'm like, well, here's my mantra. And I'm looking over here at them and it's like, yeah, we've heard this. How many times, girls, have you heard this? Let me just share my mantra. There isn't anything I can't do. There isn't mm. anything I can't get done. Mm. I mean, how many times have I said it? Just trust me on this. We'll get it done. Because there isn't anything I won't get done. Well, that's that. And because I truly believe that. Mm. Oh, yeah. 
we'll get it done. There's anything I can't get done. Well, that's why you're so good at what you do, because also that optimism, that, that positivity uh -huh. and, and the fact that that track, we all have this little track that's running through our brain that tells yes. us either that we can or we can't. Yes. And you and have to always believe. That's oh, right. There's nothing I can't get done. That's right. Trust me on this. Oh, I'll get it done. Yeah. And maybe, maybe something happens that you can't get it done, but if you always believe mm -hmm. you will get it done. Mm -hmm. Magic happens. It's a home run already. That's right. Yes. You always have to believe. So I want to mention your upcoming documentary, Best in Dough. Putting on this executive producer hat must be such a fun change of pace. Tell us all about this. I mean, did you ever think you would hear someone say those words about you? No, no. I got into baking. I didn't think I was, you know, stepping into Hollywood. Oh, my gosh. So, but early on, you know, once we launched Sprinkles, a producer came to me and said, will you be on the show Cupcake Wars, which... I ended up being, you know, the head judge on Cupcake Wars for over a hundred episodes. And that was on the Food Network and syndicated around the world. And then I executive produced and was on Sugar Rush, which was on Netflix. Yes. But with this sort of next phase of my life and in, you know, starting Pizzana, which is this pizza concept that I am doing with our chef, Daniele Uditi, I'm really about supporting other founders' journeys. And so being behind the camera, co-creating a show for him where he can shine, oh. help him step into his personal brand, and also amplify our business, Pizzana, because I saw, you know, the power of, of what TV can do for our business, obviously, yeah. with Sprinkles. Um, it's been really fun. And let me tell you what, I don't miss spending two hours in hair and makeup. I don't blame you. <laughs> So it is actually now streaming on Hulu, so you can you can find it on Hulu. And basically, it is a pizza competition show. Oh, my gosh. And it was created in sort of the, 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 the middle of the pandemic when everyone was just feeling so down. Uh -huh. And Daniele and I said, there needs to be a show that brings joy to the world. Yes. And that a show that everyone can agree on, right? And that is a show about pizza because everybody loves pizza. Oh, I, yes, that's so true. And everybody loves those food competition shows because you can watch it with your family yes. and they're just really fun. Yes. So it's a pizza competition show, but here's the catch. We have different types of competitors every week. So one week it might be Italian nanas, and another week oh. it could be kids. Another week it could be Michelin-starred chefs. So everybody's doing their own spin on pizza. Oh, my Daniele. Gosh. Our head chef at Pizzana is the head judge, and then there's a cast of rotating judges, and then there are the power of the people, because pizza is ultimately for the people, right? Yeah. yeah. So there, each week, there's I think about ten people to sit sit around a table, and they also weigh in on which is their favorite pizza. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that just sounds amazing. When when you need a judge that is a really a musician. Yes. My son is a musician, but he has a pizza in his backyard. He loves, he loves doing pizza. There you go. It's, he's a pizza connoisseur. Well, it is. He's got to judge. Yes. He, I, we would love to have oh him judge. Gosh. Let's everybody oh watch the, the be a second season and then we'll have him come on and judge. And let me tell you what though, one warning before you turn this show on, you need to have a pizza nearby because yes, yes. it is just the most like mouthwatering, like every oh image is like a cheese gosh. pull and just bubbling, you know, pepperoni bubbling in the oven. It's just like oh, mouthwatering. I can't to watch. wait. 
Mouthwater. I can't wait. Congratulations. Thank you so much. This is so fabulous. Do you have anything else exciting coming up? There sure is. And I think you will be excited about this too, <gasps> as well as your son, because we are taking Pizzana to Dallas. <gasps> yeah. Yes. We are opening in a few weeks in the Knox Henderson area. Oh. And so we are hard at work bringing our pizza, our incredible Neo Neapolitan pizza to Dallas. We have beautiful salads. We have great antipasti. We have gluten-free pizza for people who are gluten-free and we're going to have a great cocktail list and great wines. So it's going to be really fun. I'm so excited. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. I'm really excited about that. And then also I'm launching my book into the world, Sweet Success, which is a guide to entrepreneurship, but really it's about, you know, um, my goal is to encourage women to bet on themselves, dream big, bet on themselves and go for it. We just have this one life, right? That's exactly right. I said we do two things on every podcast. We also now have our game of the day. Ooh, I love a game. I love a game. I think life should be fun. So we have a game that we've also created in honor of you. Oh my goodness. And Sprinkles and everything, honored. everything else we do that you do that we've talked about today. So the name of this game is called Flavor Blast. <laughs> so I have five of your sprinkles flavors written in front of me right now. I'm going to give you one word hint mm-hmm. to guess each flavor. Okay. Okay. And you can get them all in 30 seconds if we I'm, would. I'm okay, nervous. So, okay. Yellow. Banana. Oh, uh, okay. So yellow. Lemon. And... and uh, the sky is blue. So yellow and blue. Sky. Banana. Not banana cupcake? Uh, you got the banana. Oh. So the next one is uh, a yellow and the color of sky. Oh, uh, sun. Uh, yellow, sky, blue. Blueberry. Love yes. blueberry. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> okay. So not one, two, three. So I said my daughter in law was one of three triplets. Okay. Oh, and triple the, chocolate? Uh, no. Um, Triple cinnamon? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, so the the fourth one is not light, but... Dark chocolate. Yes. Okay. And the last one is, we used to do this drink. Salted caramel. Oh, shoot. I, I didn't use this one word. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to just use... I don't think I could have used just one word. Is that my timer? You got all of oh, yours. Woo! You can use more than one word. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Berry. Berry? Uh, strawberry. Yep. Um, mm, opposites. Opposites are uh, uh, vanilla chocolate. Chocolate vanilla. Uh, strawberry chocolate. No, the first one, but different uh, name for it. Oh, uh, vanilla and chocolate. Neapolitan. No. Vanilla chocolate. Uh, dark chocolate. White and black. Black and white. Black and white. Okay. Um, mm, the color of that rose, pink. Over to the next uh, one. Orange. The one in purple. Between. No, the one in the middle. Red. Burgundy. No, red. Red, white, blue. Red. 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 A type black. of fabric. Huh? Fabric. Red velvet. Yes. Okay. Um, bunny. Bunny. Uh, uh, bunny. Bunny eats. Bunny eats carrot. Yep, carrot. Okay, carrot. and um, mm, something. Um, think of like a, what's in a s'more. Marshmallow. 
graham cracker, chocolate. Chocolate marshmallow. Chocolate marshmallow. Yeah, that counts, that counts, right? <laughs> we got it. Did you hear me? I was saying, like, don't listen to her. No, 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 no timer, no timer. <laughs> These that, are hard. That was so fun. really challenged us. That, that was, was so, so fun. fun. I thought we did a great job. We did good. I'm going to pat ourselves on the back right here. <laughs> well, sadly, that brings us to the end of the oh. episode. Before we wrap this up, I need to ask you just one more question. Okay. I named this podcast, I've Got a Secret, mm. because I feel like we all go through our lives mm -hmm. and we learn little secrets that really help change our lives. Mm. And I think can change someone else's life. Mm -hmm. So have you learned a secret throughout your life from someone you love or maybe even a stranger mm -hmm. that you want to share with the listeners? Well, I have found something very fun recently because I'm always, I have two boys and one of them is a teenager and one of them is a preteen. So I'm always thinking of ways that I can connect with them. Oh. And, you know, once they get into sort of those teenage years, they aren't as communicative. Yeah. So I decided to speak to them in their own language, which is the language of TikTok. Oh, I love it. So I decided to take on TikTok. Ooh. And at first they were absolutely mortified with me. Mom, it's so cringy. You've got to get off TikTok. This is not for you. I and I said, uh-uh, I'm going to keep at it and I'm going to go viral. And they were like, yeah, right. Well, I eventually went viral. And when I tell you their friends were on TikTok, seeing my video and then talking to my boys about it, all oh. of a sudden I got some street cred. I, I got some respect from my boys for being on TikTok and going viral. You rock. <laughs> Thank I you. love that. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. And boys, shout out to your mom. Uh. <laughs> so now please tell the listeners where to find you online and when they can grab your new book. Mm, absolutely. Sweet Success comes out November 8th, but please feel free to pre-order it before then. <gasps> yes. As you know, Robin, yes. pre-orders are so important to yes. a book success. And uh, you can find me online on TikTok, as we know, also yes. on Instagram at Candice Nelson. And you can find my pizzas at pizzana.com. And we're also shipping them nationwide <gasps> on Gold Belly. So wherever you are listening to this podcast, if you're not in LA and you're not in Dallas, you can still get your hands on our delicious pizza. Oh, that's fabulous. Yes. And for all of that information, Secret Squad, you can go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com and you can get all of that information. And you can also learn more about this episode. So head on over to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.